At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Class is in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What up, folks? Welcome in. It is the early week edition of Hardwood Handicappers. Jonathan Von Tobel, Kelly Bidlin alongside as usual. Now, a uh, we'll do this one more time. It's like, a, I don't know if you've ever seen Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, but like, let's do this one more time. Uh, we are going to do this Monday. Yep, Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, a reminder for all of you. So, of course, look out for these. This is uh, supposed to do it earlier, but uh, I had to fill in on Lombardi line earlier today. How about that? How about having to fill in on Lombardi line and then watching the namesake of the program, Michael Lombardi, tweet out while you're filling in for him? Just got done recording the podcast. I was like, what? What are you doing? You're on vacation. (laughs) And here here you are still working. Uh, What's up, buddy? Priorities, John. Priorities. We all got to have them in life. Okay. We, uh, we figured out where uh, that show falls, I guess, in those. <laughs> um, I like to make jokes. Sometimes my joker is, jokes are misconstrued as uh, shots, so I hope that's not one. I thought it was a good joke. but um, Maybe it was something he could do while he was on vacation and the show wasn't. Yeah, he's in I'll Utah kinda, doing something. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll say it that way. How about that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we got another, we got another situation. We we got a numbers game. We got our good friend Drew Dinzik. I know he's like tearing up the slopes in Jackson Hole. Can't be on the show this week, but he's going to do the podcast because I think he can find a little easier, easier, uh, easier to find time to do that. Okay, I get it. all right. Tearing up the slopes. I've only t- one you got to be on camera for one you don't. Yeah, I've only <laughs> torn up the slopes like twice in my life. It's actually a really good story. So you want this really quick anecdote? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, hell yeah. It was it was my senior year of high school. And we were driving up to Brian Head to go snowboarding. And I enjoy snowboarding. I'm not particularly good at it, but I like doing it every once in a while. And 
We're on our way there and we start driving in the middle of the blizzard. And my buddy Ryan, who was driving at the time, was convinced that the defogger would not work because hot air would fog up the window. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like that's not how that works, right? Like that's it's like, what well, they're used what, like, what do you think the button's there for then? Oh, so it gets better. So it gets better. So for, I'm tell, keep in mind, we're in the middle of a blizzard and I, we had left straight from school on that Friday to go up to Brian head. So I'm in shorts okay. and a t-shirt and he had us, he, I was in the passenger seat. Our other buddies are in the back, roll down my window in the middle of a blizzard and reach outside and wipe clear the window like every 10 minutes. <laughs> Because he did not think that the defogger was going to work. So we had our wait, windows wait, wait, but, down but, in the middle of a blizzard, manually wiping away the frost on the windshield from the outside because he did not think the defogger was going to work. All right. One, that's incredible. Two, how many of there how many of you guys were in the car? Five of us. Okay, so four of you. We're not able to convince the one guy of what the defogging button does, a setting does on the car. So for it was one of those instances. Sounds like you guys did a real bad job. Right. But it was also one of those instances. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been here. It's like one of those, is it bystander? Like the, the bystander theory or something like that, where like if somebody's in danger, sometimes people won't help because like they don't want to be the one to, you know what I mean? That, that psychological. Um, yeah, right, right, right. right. That happens, whatever that so is. So what, you, you didn't want to piss off the driver basically? By, well, keep, no, it keep, that, by he, keeping this going? Because Ryan is a really smart guy. Like he's, he's an architect now and everything like that. So okay. he's like a super smart dude. And it was one of those where he sounded so convinced that we were all like, he's got to be right. Like, he's got to be right. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just enjoying so, the idea of this guy rolling around the age of 19 or something and be like, and be like, you know what? My windows are a little too clear today. Time to fog it up a bit. Where's that? Where's that defog button? Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's get this a little bit more, a little bit more moisturized in here or something. Yep. It, <laughs> and we, it, we finally, we actually did that the whole way until we got to the base of the mountain, and we stopped for gas. And I was like, "Do we got it?" Because my hands are numb. Like I'm in the short sleeves. I'm sure. wiping away frost. I'm free. I'm like, "Do we got to just try it?" And so we do. We do it immediately. Like the window just like clears up, and we're like, "All right, this is." <laughs> i love the you know what though i love the people where they are some of my favorite people on the planet that hold their convictions so strong that like they are the earth is flat no matter what jvt you could not convince me otherwise until there is such absolute evidence thrown directly in my face those people crack me up so much and it's (laughs) it's also like to your point too like if you really think about it like like in that moment, I should have been like, Ryan, then why would they install that? Like, why would that? <laughs> right, yeah, why, what do you think the button's there for? <laughs> like, nobody's driving around being like, I need my windows foggier. They are too right. clear right now. <laughs> so hopefully Ryan has had a change of heart when it comes to defogging. I'm going to try to segue this. Much like I have had a change of heart when it comes to the sixth man of the year. How about that? There you go. There's your segue. I was going to keep it going, but you were right in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, change of heart to the sixth man of the year. What are you on team quickly now? Uh, if you've noticed, I switched my Twitter profile picture to a picture of Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, wait, hold on. We gotta, we gotta. Well, I want supreme honesty from you, Jonathan Von Double. Have you switched your heart because you honestly believe this guy merits the odds that he currently carries and will win the award, or have you switched your heart because you realized you found a twenty-five to one ticket? That somehow you and Matt Brown make these bets and forget you make these made these bets somehow. 
a quick correction, 35 to one. And um, sorry, my apologies. (laughs) And I'm doing it just to be a jackass. Like I'm just doing it to (laughs) troll. I think it's hilarious. So for those who don't know, I texted Kelly. I was actually really excited. So I texted two people this morning. I texted you. (laughs) I texted Mitch Moss and I got two two people awake at 6 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) So I found for those to to give the story and I I did tell this story on, on Lombardi line earlier today, but for those who did not see it. I was scrolling through my MGM app because I was, you know, shopping numbers wanted to see. I, I can't remember what I was looking for. I was looking for something specific. I think it was like the the Furman game against uh, Chattanooga today. I want to bet Furman, and mm. uh, I was just looking for the best number. And you know, it's not, every once in a while it catches my eye. I'm like, oh, I've got six open tickets. So I'm like, you know, scrolling through like what I've got, you know, because that's where I got my Norm Powell ticket. It's at, yeah. it's at MGM. And I was like, oh, whatever. What other ones do I have? And there's keep in mind, there's some bad ones in there. I have a Herb Jones to win Defensive Player of the Year ticket in there at sixty six. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, he's not going to sniff that. <laughs> um, I've got Bones Highland to win Six Man of the Year. Yeah. It was a really small ticket. And then all the way down at the bottom, Kelly, I see Emmanuel quickly Six Man of the Year thirty five to one, and I'm like, so get out of here. When did you <laughs> make it? Is this this is from like forever ago? So and the, and then it's funny you say that. So it hits me because so, it's from October, and yeah. I went back. I went back to the NBA guide, and he was one of the three candidates I wrote up for six man of the year, and I did put money mm-hmm. on him. And like it's so it's just one of those where I just made it so long ago. And as as we have talked about when it comes to Emmanuel Quickly's candidacy, he got off to such a bad start through the first thirty games that I just chalked it up as a loser and essentially sure. just you know just crossed it out of my mind. So the irony now is, of course, twofold. One, uh, Elliot, our, the producer on Lombardi Line, did a great job of pulling up our t- my tweet, my uh, podcast tweet from Friday, which said Emmanuel quickly essentially can't win six man of the year, to my tweet this morning, which was, I have changed my mind for no reason in particular and thinks Emmanuel quickly should totally win six man of the year. Oh, um, so, it, like, look, I'll say this, and I'll give you the floor, because I think it's ironic that a game as a starter has pushed Emmanuel quickly into the role of favorite for sixth man of the year. Have your thoughts changed? Because I will, I am, I am consistent. I'm being kind of a jackass when it comes to trolling about the Emmanuel quickly thing. But I, I did I did my spiel this morning on Lombardi line. I still think that he should not win the award. As somebody who still has the ticket and is in a much better position than I was a couple of days ago and who will now be betting Malcolm Brogdon so that I can have a position on Powell Brogdon and Emmanuel quickly, I still don't think the resume is strong enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I think my I, I think my position has shifted a little bit. Um, it has, but it's just more to you know what? Like I think I brought this up when you and I were were on live bet Saturday together this past weekend, where I actually thought there was going to be a time when Brogdon presented some some value actually finally in this market. Mm-hmm. I think now at about even money or where he's at, and especially if I'm in your chair, I'm, I'm making that bet every day because now you've got the two guys surrounding him too um, with, with long, take, long odds. Um, I might I might end up making a Brogdon bet. I'm not going to make it now. I'll probably wait um, you know, a few days here, uh, see how this market continues to unfold. Because just, I mean, think about how rapidly this thing has shifted in a week, right? Like this is, mm-hmm. who knows what it could look like a week from now. Um we don't really know. I just, I just, I think that that is, I, I'm not, I'm not changing my stance on quickly at all. Right. It's before it was when we were last talking about this, it was just, look, there's not a, there's not a bet to be made to me, to me right now. And then, and I'm, I'm fine with the chips falling wherever they do. 
But now you're seeing, like, Malcolm Brogdon was plus 125. That was even money this morning. He's even in the plus money territory. Like, I mm-hmm. think he's, I, I think that's becoming bettable. Or the one I'll circle back to, which is, I think you have a ticket on already. I never made this bet. But Bobby Portis, like, is he completely dead? I don't know that he's no. completely dead in the, in this market. And his, I mean, if anybody's watching these odds as closely as we are, he's the only other guy that keeps getting shorter. Now, is it is it from 150 to 100, from 100 to 80, to 80 to 60? Yeah, it is. He's still 60 to 1, but he is still getting shorter. I don't, the only question with that one, though, John, I guess, is has he just played too little games, right? Like, that's going to be, that, that's going to be the one and only knock against him. Yeah, but I think, I, I mean, his resume is sol- more solid, I think, than Quickly's in that he has been more consistent from the beginning of the yeah. year up until this point right now. And and look, I'll say this again. You you just look for little tidbits here and there. And to your point about Bobby Portis, right? And this is, again, I always say that this is only one guy, okay? But it gives you an idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, Stan Van Gundy the other day was on a Clippers broadcast. I think it was Friday. It was one of the TNT games, obviously. It might have been Thursday. But they were talking about six men of the year because Norman Powell was playing. And he even said in that moment, if the season ended that ended today, he would be my pick, Norman Powell, to win sixth man of the year. Again, that's one voter, but it gives you an idea of where the mindset is of some of these voters out there, and that's one of them. And then he proceeded to list off the candidates for sixth man of the year, and he didn't even mention Emmanuel quickly. He did mention Bobby yep. Portis. And, and like so when you're talking yep. about, again, it's only one person, but it does give you a sense of where some of these decision makers are with their thought process, processes, whatever. Um, and that is, I think, somewhat important. And and I will always say this, Kelly, and I think I brought this up in the last podcast, but we'll say it again here because I think it's even more important. Odd shifts in awards markets are not predictive. So in today's a really good example of it. Boston's yeah. playing Cleveland today. Boston opened up as a four and a half point underdog or two and a half point underdog, immediately went to four and a half, went to five and a half. And that was predictive. Why? Because eventually Jason Tatum was ruled out and that thing got up to like nine. Okay. So that's yeah. a predictive line move. This is not yes. because this is an award where the votes have not been settled by anybody. Nobody has made their vote known. So this is all because of liability as opposed to, or protection against liability as opposed to predictive odds. So we we saw we saw guys get to minus 500 to win multiple awards over the last few years and they ended up not winning them. So I would very much caution against thinking that this move is something that is legitimate and that is going to ultimately lead to quickly winning the award. Well, I think the other the other one to throw in there, liability, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, the other thing to throw in there is, okay, what? how have the odds shifted in the past 48 hours? It's been drastic towards Emmanuel quickly, right? What's mm-hmm. happened in the past 48 hours? All I'm talking about is 48 hours. He started a game where he played a huge game, a great game last night. I'm not going to take that away from me. He had a great game. But he started a game for Jalen Brunson, who was not playing. Meanwhile, his two competitors in this market, closest competitors, did not play. You know, Norman Powell obviously out. We don't even know how long, uh, I guess. We, we don't have, you don't have an official update on that yet, do you? Uh, Norman, Norman Powell, Powell reevaluated in a week. That's I've, all we know. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're still waiting on that. And then Malcolm Brogdon missed the game. Looks like he'll be back tonight, but he but he didn't play last game. So <laughs> we're talking about a flip of favorites based off of one guy starting a game who doesn't normally start and one guy missing a game who doesn't miss, usually miss games. Right? Like that, that is mm-hmm. that is what's that's what that's what's led at least to the overnight flipping of favorites in this market. Um, 
that and all the betting action that's coming into it that, that you're talking about. So I, my, my position has not changed on this at all. On quickly has not changed on that at all. Except my only position, my only change in the, in this market is the fact that I think Brogdon's bettable now. I, I think he's very bettable at the number that that he's currently at. So here's here's my question for you from from my position. Do we think Norm is dead? Because it's going to lead to my next question. Do we think no. not? Like obviously, Norm Powell is not really dead, but like, do we think that he? No, is, I don't think that ticket done. is dead. I do not think that ticket is dead. Because my thought, Kelly, was I was going to t- I was going to bet Brogdon, but I was going to bet Brogdon uh, a very I was going to put a large bet on Brogdon. Essentially, what I was going to do is I was going to take what I was set to win with Powell had he won, and put it mm-hmm. on Brogdon, so that because you if have Emmanuel, you have Powell what thirty to one thirty to one. Qu- Quickly, 35, quickly 35 35 and do you and have then, a porter ticket no i haven't bet it I, I think i might i might put okay. a little on it just because you know that's that's a number so, that we're not worried about too much I would, go, yeah. yeah i wouldn't be yeah i wouldn't be overly worried about it but yeah okay so you've got long numbers on those then yes absolutely i'm, I'm betting malcolm brogdon huge if i'm you yeah and, and so that's what i'm thinking because and, and that's what i mean like when i say i'm gonna take because I do think that powell's chances did take a hit with this injury and we don't know what's going to happen and totally. so essentially what I'd set myself up with is if quickly doesn't, if, if Powell wins, I would break even essentially is what I would say. So my varying, so if I, if I'm setting it up right, it would be the rank of now what I want to happen would be quickly Brogdon Powell. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, and it I would reflect I the market. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You don't want to bet. Yeah, you don't you don't want to overbet it, right? Like I wouldn't go, right. I wouldn't be going to bet it, you know, betting Brogdon more than what you know what quick uh quickly would pay out. So I don't even know, assuming you have the same stake on quickly and Norman Powell. I don't know what you do about it. Uh or don't. But yeah, I, I'm I, you know, I think that's the right way to think about it. That's the way I would go about it. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited now. Now that I think that Emmanuel Quickly is the deserving favorite of this award and now I think that he should win this award no matter what. And I think if you don't think that Emmanuel quickly should win, then you're a clown. So I'm all in on the Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you know what's funny too? From from like a sports gambling like personality standpoint, right? Yeah. And this is why I think I really want to like kind of dig the knife into it. I look like such a douchebag now, and I'm gonna totally keep <laughs> totally man whatever you know what i mean i'm like i'm gonna do like jay croucher the other day like i'm gonna put out like some deep analytical like tweet thread (laughs) about like emmanuel quickly winning this thing like i'm gonna go full board i'm all in try to convince all the voters yeah there you go i mean the the other thing that i i guess i openly wonder about we because we we've been discussing this award all year and every year i bet this I always wonder how, how much a minutes played matter. You know what I mean? Because it always it kind of amazes me how much these guys can differ in that. Um, you know, like there's you know three to four less minutes for a Malcolm Brogdon compared to an Emmanuel Quickly, and obviously that you know obviously that depends on what the current bench situations look like for for all teams involved. But that I don't know. I just always wonder how how, how far people look into things like that because it's you know if, if you if you look at just the the bare plain stat box score stats that everybody looks at, like those get easily affected when a guy plays four more minutes a game, you know what I mean? Over the course mm-hmm. of an entire season. I I don't know. This is another one. I like talking about it. It's shocking to me. And what a story that, you know, quickly running up, running up this board. Um, I think I'm waving the white flag on this one though, from a betting standpoint, besides, besides, besides Brogdon, if he keeps getting longer, there's no reason not to bet this guy. He's still talking about one of the best teams in the East. Um, 
who's shooting 46% from three this season, 14.6 per game, 3.7 assists, 4.1 rebounds. It's insane. Sorry, Kelly. His his Raptor is not on par with Emmanuel Quickly's. So uh, I I don't believe that Malcolm Brogdon deserves to win this. Um, (laughs) Can I I also, really quickly, last point on this. Because you're, yeah. you're talking about Brogdon getting longer. I think the one thing that works against you there that it won't happen, if Norm, if it, if it comes out that Norm Powell is done for like three weeks, then it's gonna the odds are going to shift where it's a two-horse race. Yes. And, I mean, actually, maybe it does get longer than in that regard. Maybe Brogdon, maybe, because if, if Powell's knocked it, nah. I mean, what is that reaction? No, no, right? I think so you're right. Say, yeah, I think you're right. He gets, he gets shorter again. Right, because the probability, there's one less horse in the race. The probability would right. then go up that he can win the award. Okay, yeah, all right. So, all right, I was right there. Cool. I'm always right. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that I think that's the right thing. I think that even makes it more imperative for you, right, to get oh, that yeah. bet in like today. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait any longer. Oh, the second my wife comes back from working out and hot yoga, I'm out. I'm going to a because the. Uh, I mean, think about it this way. Do you think you're? The, I mean, you're the old. You're the Clippers fan too. Do you think there's a better chance Norman Powell is back, uh, in a week? Or you think there's better chance he misses the rest of the regular season? Oh, I think there's better chance if we're, if it's those two choices. I think there's better chance he misses the regular season. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I just don't. I don't think the Clippers. I don't think they need to rush him back necessarily. I. I mean, you no. and I have come. You and I have complained often on here about the Clippers needing to put together a stretch where they actually look like a a, a high level basketball team, which I just don't yep. feel like they have all season. But at the same time, you're not going to do that at the risk of one of your key players' health, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I think they'd be they'd be cautious with him, just like they would be with, you know, maybe not the same level, but in theory, just like they would be with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, any other starters. All right. Speaking of the Clippers, they did play the Memphis Grizzlies last night. Um, it looked like it was going to be another bad loss for the Clippers. We'll get to the Clippers side of things um, in a little bit, but we should focus on the Memphis Grizzlies, who since we last spoke, Kelly, have completely fallen apart from a personnel standpoint. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I find fascinating. I don't know if you've noticed or paid attention to this, but the language involving John Morant has evolved day to day. And so what I mean by that is he, so this thing comes down, the, the video comes down, he's on IG Live after the loss to Denver, and he's, you know, throwing, throwing up the little gun and whatnot. And he it's interesting because the initial ruling was as we talked on Saturday right it was John Morant is going to be suspended for at least two games right then a follow-up report comes from Wojnarowski in the way that he words it and maybe I'm thinking too much about semantics but I think these are important the way that Wojnarowski reports it is he is suspended for two games not at least it was for two games so that's a difference right at least two games compared to four two games now the wording is John Morant away from the team indefinitely. So I don't know if that means more than two games, if that just means still the two games, if this is going to extend a little bit farther. But now all of a sudden, the Grizzlies are at a point where John Morant's gone for whatever amount of time, but he's gone. They just lost Brandon Clark to a torn Achilles, which is brutal. Mm -hmm. Steven Adams has been missing time because of his own injury. And Dylan Brooks is going to be back because it was only a a one-game suspension, I believe. But if you look at this team who can't win a game on the road, whose star point guard can't stay out of trouble now, the vibes are just gone for Memphis. Oh, totally. And this is, um, you know, I, 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 what I keep saying about them is, look, and I feel like I, I sound like 
my grandfather or something, but it's like, I think it, it is a maturity issue with this team. And I'm talking both on the court and off the court, right? Like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any reason to think that this team in a year or two years from now, this base core can't be one of the best in the NBA and fighting for f- fighting for an NBA title. I don't think there's any reason to think that can't happen. Um, but I think that they still have some room to grow on the court. And then, yes, your star player having the antics that he's doing off the court, that is really not a good look. Um, the I mean, Dylan, Bro- Dylan Brooks suspended a game because he's racked up too many technicals. Like, that. that's something that they're just the – they're the wanna be bad boys of the NBA, but it's like you get you gotta win before you can before you before you can be the bad boys of the NBA. Right? Like I don't know. But but speaking of that, real quick, Steven Adams, every time they show him sitting on the bench on the sidelines, he just looks like the last guy you'd want to see in a mosh pit ever. Yeah, he does. The hair. You know he's only like twenty seven. What? He's only twenty seven? Is that what you just he's like said? Twenty seven or yeah, he's like twenty seven or twenty eight or something ridiculous like that. Like, yeah. If, you would have asked me what is Steven Adam, Adams' age, I would have guessed 33 years old. Um, I did go and look, actually, just now. He is 29, so I was kind of close. But still, I think younger than you would think. So Yeah, I, I would have I would have bet you, I don't know, an insane amount of money that he was 30 years older or, or older. Yeah. Like, without a doubt. <laughs> so as we talk about the Grizzlies falling apart, I mean, I was never a team. I think you and I both, they were never a team that really stuck out to me as a, a true, I don't want to call them not a true contender in the Western Conference. Yeah, I know. Right, because they're the two seed. They deserve to be respected. I, I never, they never made my short list. I'll put it that way. They never made my short list of teams I considered seriously to bet on to win the Western Conference at any point. I, I'm with you. No, no, okay, no, no. Yes, I'm completely with you. Without any qualifiers, I'm with you. I have. They have never made my short list of of a, of a team in the Western Conference I really believed could win it all. Here's where the big however comes in. However, uh. You know, as we're going to talk about more, this West, this West, it's Western Conference. It has been so wide open all year, and I know people are sick of hearing about that. But I, JVT, there's, I don't know how many teams could win this thing that I wouldn't be shocked by. I, I just wouldn't be shocked by that if uh, by uh, so one of so many teams winning it, including the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in them, but I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. So let's let's build on that on the other side. Let's take our break here. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about the Western Conference because we obviously saw the Grizzlies play in another Western Conference matchup against the Clippers on Sunday night that they almost won. Um, And we'll talk about that, the Clippers as a whole in the Western Conference and how wide open this can be and how I keep coming back to one certain team to win the Western Conference, even though they just took a really bad loss the other day. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back on the Hardwood Handicappers with Kelly. We're talking about the Western Conference, and I mentioned a team that I, I, I just keep coming kind of back to. Outside of the Denver Nuggets, and I should note, I don't want I, I don't really mention Denver a whole bunch, but I yeah. think that's from a selfish perspective, only because I don't have anything on Denver. <laughs> so like do I think they could win the Western Conference? Sure. I think they need to be healthy. Aaron Gordon has been dealing with injury, and that I think is somewhat troubling because he does raise their floor defensively by quite a bit. And when he's not out there, uh, they become a much worse defensive team. So that's something to monitor as we move into the, the postseason and get closer to that. So it, it's from a selfish perspective. It's never enough that I, I don't think that they can win the Western Conference, well, and even though they went on the road and lost to the Lakers and they can't win a road game, I still feel like when they are fully complete, because Andrew Wiggins has still been missing time for them, 
that the Golden State Warriors, like I just keep coming back to them. I have them at 9-10 to win the Western Conference, and I just keep coming back to them outside of the obvious Phoenix Suns. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm completely with you. I think the other, the other question I think to ask about Denver, cause I don't know if I've heard many people, uh, discuss this since the beginning of the season, but do you feel just yes or no answer? Do you feel that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter are hundred percent healthy? Um, yes for Jamal, no for Michael Porter. Okay. Um, I, I think that there's a little bit of. I think that's a reason that we don't discuss enough that we think that that why this team isn't discussed more as a true title contender. I, I I don't know that I don't know that I fully believe either one of them is completely a hundred percent. I think they're getting close to it, but I think that's always been in the back of my mind, and it's not really something I've ever, I've really brought up before because you know, listen, if people people tell you tell you they're healthy and they're playing that playing as well as they are from a team standpoint then I want to believe them, obviously. But that's kind of always been in the back of my mind with this team, um, you know, pretty much throughout this entire season. But, yeah, I mean, I think when it goes stacking the Western Conference, man, JVT, I might, I might even have the Warriors over the Suns right now. I really might. As I don't know. As, I don't know about as, project, don't... as far as projecting forward. I don't, like, I, um... like, Katie and Booker are absolute killers. I think mm-hmm. there are – I think there are major concerns on the rest of this roster. I just, I just don't. They, they, it might be their year this year because of ha- the lack of true talent team wise in the ra- rest of the Western Conference. But it's really next year when I expect the Phoenix Suns to be uh, to be the big mm-hmm. daddy in the West in the Western Conference. You yeah, know, what yeah, I, mean? I mean, when they have another period of transactions where they can bring people in, uh, reshape this roster, they need that a little bit and. I don't know. DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul, I think, are, are they're going to have to figure out here for the next couple months how they fit in with the with the Booker Durant show too. I think there's that oh. side of it as well. I, I don't think DeAndre Ayton. I would I would I would push back on the DeAndre Ayton thing. I think Ayton fits perfectly. Like he had, a, I think he had what 15 and 16 in the first game, and like I think he's just the ancillary piece that should rack up double doubles and right should get some really good one on one looks down low that he should be able to. I, I think it's easier to incorporate Ayton. Chris Paul, I think, is another issue because I don't think offensively there's a worry because he's not going to take that many shots anymore. I, he's a massive weak link on defense now. I mean, he, yeah. he, you know, I think he's a seven-time defensive ball player or defensive player of the year, all defensive team, something like that. I know he was a really good defensive player in his time, but Luka Doncic went after him every single possession in the playoff series. They went after him again in the game that they just played. I, I think that's kind of your weakness overall, but. I will, man. I'll say I, I have come around more on the ceiling for those two because I mean, for that team because of those Oof. two because of Kevin yeah. Durant and, and Devin Booker and how good they look. And can I just point out we talked about this uh, around the time that they put this team together. Those Devin Booker assists, Kelly, uh, they have been going over. This is now since he's come uh, into the fold, Kevin Durant. Devin Booker has gone over his assist prop in each one of those games. So that is it has been paying off. It's been paying dividends for anybody Cha-ching. who's been following it. Yeah, that's a good call. That was a good call by you. Uh, and look, I mean, th- those two, those two are, are are already looking like they are incredibly in sync and a deadly duo. I I, I can't even imagine what they're going to look like when we, once we get in the playoffs and near the you know near the end of it in the next season. I, I and I think more of the point with yes, should Aiton still be a double double every night? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I, I might have said that wrong as far as far as this season. Yes, he's still going to be a benefit, and he's probably going to be the third, the you know, the third most important piece on that team. 
um, as we had, you know, him, Chris Paul, whatever, if you want to split the difference, it's fine. Um, but, you know, he's one of the most important pieces outside of those two heading into the playoffs. I, I just think this this team, this team has an issue on its hand. I'll kind of compare it to the Tobias Harris in Philadelphia, right, where you're paying him so much money. It's you're paying him so much money to be such a, a ancillary piece of what you what you're going to do offensively. Right. And I I just think that's something that's going to be a problem for them in the future. Uh, But, you know, you deal with that in the future. Any other notes on the West? I mean, we talked about the Warriors, the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I kind of wanted to tie in the Clippers. And I don't know, Kelly, I kind of. There's a weird dynamic going on. So, look, I am I'm a Clippers fan, so I'm a little bit more tied into like a lot of stuff that comes out of there than most teams. Ty Lue is all of a sudden playing games with his starting lineup. There was a report from Andrew Grief who. uh, uh, Greif, I think it's Greif, uh, who works for the LA Times, covers the Clippers, that there were thoughts that maybe Marcus Morris was going to be out of the starting lineup. Then Ty Lue says he's not going to announce the starting lineup against the Memphis Grizzlies, only to roll out the exact same starting lineup that he usually puts out. <laughs> but clearly, Ty Lue is hearing right the noise around, switch the starting lineup, at least Marcus Morris, get him out of there. He has not been performing well. Yeah. And he comes out after the game and like specifically goes to point out that Marcus Morris like had some good moments which is really weird. Um, and you just see this team, Kelly, like to give up 50 points in the third quarter. And look, I watched the game. I don't know if you were watching that game either. Were there yeah, yeah, I watched. Yeah, yeah. Like some of those were like some, yeah, they were some contested shots that went down with some difficulty. Like you're watching them going, Jesus, like they're going to make everything. So like there was some bad luck in there. There were also some wide open shots. Like mm-hmm. Eric Gordon is not the same defender. There was a shot where Desmond Bain drilled a three from the wing because Eric Gordon's just like list, like listfully, like kind of going back in transition and looks away from him. Like that's the best knockdown shooter they have. Get up in his face and transition. Who cares if you give up a cut to the basket? Bain's going to pull up. Sure enough, pulls up, hits a three in his grill. But you also saw the positive side, which is holding them scoreless for what was it, nearly five or think two points over the course of five minutes <laughs> yeah, and coming back to win that game. I just I'm kind of coming more around the thought of I don't know what's going on with this team, but there's outside noise, there's defensive issues, and until they decide to pull the trigger on some lineup changes in the starting lineup, I I, I don't want to say they're done, but my faith is waning. Put it that way. Well, we'll keep go- I'll keep going back to it. To me, they have the highest ceiling of any team in the Western Conference. Yep, uh, the Clippers do. I I don't, I don't even think it's all that close. Um, but we just we have not seen it. We haven't seen it all year. We haven't seen it consistently. Um. I mean, look, the other team I'm going to keep bringing up is the Pelicans. It's it's if, if Zion gets back on the court, um, this team has a fighting chance. Um, but I think there's those two teams. They're just there's there's a lot of questions, right? There's so many questions about obviously the Pelicans and health. There's questions about the Clippers. There's questions about the Mavericks. There's questions about, I mean, the Kings. There's question about questions about the Kings. I just don't know if you're starting to build. What you really project for it is that as the Western Conference winners, I I just don't really know how your how your list kind of doesn't it doesn't start with Phoenix, Denver, Golden State in some order, and then I think you can start to make arguments after that. I just think you're, I think it's a lot of speculation on teams after that, right? And, and look, maybe maybe that's where you can put Memphis in that group too, and we're being a little too unfair to them. Um, but I would still have them on on the, probably on the fourth uh, the fourth team of those uh, those four on the outside looking in. Uh, yeah, I mean you got to start like I said you got to start winning road games if you're in Memphis and I would say, I mean so does Golden State though so well, so does Golden State yeah right I mean that's um, but, I mean but that's just I been think, weird it's partially just been weird with both those teams this year look 
it's been weird for both teams, and I think somebody would rightfully, if they're listening, go, well, how come you don't think, you know, you, you said that and you immediately brought up Golden State as a rebuttal. You know, that should be something. Yeah, that's fair, but Golden State has won multiple championships, and they deserve some benefit of the doubt Co- that when they correct. have everybody together, they're going to string it together. Uh, Memphis, yep. by the way, for those who don't know, after the loss to the Clippers, 12-20, and 20, straight up 11-19-2 against the spread. So it has not gone well uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies yeah. on the road this season. It's been really weird for them. Uh, all right, so with that, uh, we're getting this podcast out a little bit later than usual on Monday, so we won't spend a ton of time on the Monday card. Um, outside of the weird shenanigans with Cleveland and Boston, I, I, I laid two and a half in the first half, so I got ahead of the line move. Anything anything that stuck out today? Because I, I thought the card was – it's actually kind of works that we're doing it this way today because I thought the card was fine, but there's a lot of injury questions outside of just two games. Yeah, there's uh... – um, I got even. I got out in front of it even further than you did there. Watching that game of the going to overtime last night, and I was like, "All right, uh, I see one shop in town with a one and a half up on this game." I'm like, "I think I'm gonna bet this." Um, so bet it, bet it again in the second overtime. Bet it again in the second overtime. So yeah, I'm pretty heavily invested on the on the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I guess we still have no idea whether Donovan Mitchell's gonna play. So especially that could be interesting tonight. I um. I, uh, I think he is. He he, okay. he suffered a sprained finger in his offhand against Detroit. And he, oh, he that was thing actually snapped. Cleared. Yeah, that thing snapped. Well, he was he was actually cleared to come back in that game, um, but they decided not to because they were so ahead. So there was no okay. point in risking it. So I I am I am very much leaning toward him playing. Okay. Um. But yeah, I'm in on that. And then you know, hey, if we talked about it on Saturday on Live Pet Saturday. I'm not going to bet them pregame, but Hawks, I'd probably be in on again tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being stubborn with this. I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, the only question, I'm not betting them pregame because, um, man, that Trey Young stuff was weird last game, right? That That's the only thing I'm a little bit hesitant on. I'd rather see this thing get into the flow of the game. Um, I mean, I know that was partially, partially the heat just shutting him down, but, like, it, there's also – I mean, Atlanta, I just don't, you can't discuss this team without, without discussing the dysfunction, the dysfunction that that's clearly been going on within that team all season long. Right. And with Trey yep. young. So I'm not looking to get in uh, any action on that pregame, but in game is something I'll be looking heavily to get in on the Atlanta side. Yep. And that, that was pretty much the whole, I, the rest of the card was pretty gross to me tonight. Well, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of injury concerns for all yeah. the teams that are in action. So that's part of the problem. A quick note on Atlanta, Miami too, by the way, uh, Heat going back to the beginning of last season, five and two straight up, five one and one against the spread. Their last seven regular season meetings with the Hawks, and if you include that postseason series, nine and three straight up, eight three and one against the spread in the last twelve. So they have very much owned this rivalry early. Um, it's only been the last two seasons, but this has been one that has gone the Heat's direction. And I'll say this to you, Kelly. So one of the things, so now through three games against Miami through this season for Trey Young, eighteen points per game on twenty nine percent shooting from the floor. But he is averaging 10.7 assists, and I want to tie that into he's also only averaging 14 shot attempts per game. That is the lowest in terms of shot attempts per game against an opponent that he has played multiple times. So what I I gather from that is, and when you watch, it's the same thing. The Heat are great at getting the ball out of his hands, right? He's such a ball-dominant guy, but he gets the ball Mm -hmm. out of his hands. They'll double off him. They'll do whatever they need to. So the assists go up. The shot attempts go down. So a faux way, I thought, to back Atlanta, if you thought that was going to be the case, was to bet Trey Young over points. Uh, you can get like 23 and a half. But if they're going to have a successful day, and that's a watered-down point total prop for him, yeah. uh, tw- over 23 and a half would be an interesting way to kind of back Atlanta without going full bore and taking three and tying yourself to the actual result of the game. Yeah, that's true. Yep. 
All right, cool. All right, buddy. Well, we'll cut this episode short, and uh, we will have more on Wednesday. I'll be on Lombardi line again that day. So, um, yeah, who same knows? time, who same knows? place. Yeah, same time, same place, pretty much. <laughs> and then we'll be back on Friday when I don't have anything at all. I'm efforting to get next Friday a booth of some sort at any casino to watch. Not next Friday. Is it next Friday already, the first round of the tournament? Either way, I'm efforting uh, to get yes. day drunk uh, the first round of the NCAA tournament on that Friday. Nice. So. Uh, when I come on that day, I'll be like, hey, this is a hardwood handicap. Or we'll just record it early in the morning. Either one. I don't know <laughs> if Stephen will allow me to come on hammered, so we'll probably do it early <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Like, rate, review, subscribe. And remember, make sure I want to really emphasize, too, if you're still with us here, like um, baseball season's coming up, and Adam Burke has done a tremendous job with a lot of the work up on the website, vcin.com and vcin.com slash subscribe. You remember, you get 10 free articles if you're not a subscriber, so you can check out everything we have. Adam Burke started rolling out some of his team previews starting today. I want to say the AL East was the division that was unveiled today, as well as a fantastic write-up on the World Baseball Classic, which starts on Tuesday. So a lot of good baseball content coming up as baseball season is quickly approaching. And, of course, there's everything else we have to offer up on the website, vcin.com slash subscribe, as we are approaching, of course, March Madness. With that, we will talk to you on Wednesday here on Hardwood Handicappers. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets real steel offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16 2024 see participating retailer for details